Minor League Report. That's Rogelio. I'm Chris. We've got Connor there. And joining us tonight uh, is our very special guest, uh, one of the Tigers' top prospects, one of the newest prospects in the Tiger system, uh, Justin Henry Loy. Justin, how are you doing? I'm very good. How are you guys? Doing great here. I, I, I We hear that you'd like to be called J-Hen. Is that? Oh, yeah. That, I'm, so, name Justin Henry. A lot of people just think it's Justin. So, like, I've had J-Hen since I was this big. So um, just kind of shortens things. There is a correlation. It's not just random. Yeah, you know what? So that's weird. I, I thought it was a hyphenated last name, but it's a hyphenated first name? Justin Correct. Henry? Correct. I'll be damned. Well, that's, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, so, yeah, Justin, anyway, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Um, and, uh, you know, as we, we like to do when we have new guests on, we always like to hear about their earliest baseball memory. And, and yours is probably going to be one of the most recent, uh, as you're one of our youngest guests ever. Yeah. Oh, no way. <laughs> what okay um so i guess my earliest baseball memory had to be oh man it's probably like a, a terrifying one it's funny i went to the dentist today but definitely me being on the field and i chipped my front tooth on a baseball field like just by like being an idiot and swinging a bat so um kind of started off at a, on a rough patch but uh it it gradually smoothed out over the course of everything. So um, definitely that, and, and uh, I'm glad I stuck with it. I feel like most kids probably would have been so afraid after that to never pick up a bat. So, yeah, uh, how old were you then? Eight years old. All right. yeah, I remember you know, how I did it, everything. It was terrifying. That is wild. Yeah, I, I was coaching Little League for a little while with, with my stepson, and one of his buddies, they were just playing catch before the game, and he wasn't paying attention and caught a, caught a baseball right in the face. Oh. And – he didn't want to stay in the batter box, the batter box the entire season. <laughs> Ball came, he just <laughs> that's what it, it gets some people. So no, I'm glad. Yeah, where I think all Tigers fans and, and sports fans are glad that you stuck with it. Cause uh yeah. <laughs> I am too, trust me. Yeah. So yeah, I mean I think we wanted to just kind of start way back in the beginning, uh with with your high school there, uh your your career in high school. You, we were talking before we started about you being in New Jersey. One thing I was telling these guys, uh I, I noticed a, a fun fact. Uh, there have been four major leaguers from your high school, and two of them played for the Tigers. One was John Flaherty, and the other one was Artie Lewicki. Yep. Wow. Yes. I thought that was a fun fact. That is a good one. Yeah. Soon to be five, right? No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. I, uh, I've i seen Mr. Flaherty. Like, he just came back to, like, our high school events and, like, kind of spoke um, about St. Joe's. Um, but Artie was a guy that, like, we kind of got connected through COVID. Um, a lot of the, the I guess, like the, the better guys in the area just would go to this one spot to just kind of get live at bats to kind of, you know, get their work in. And um, I got connected with Artie through that. So I got to face him um, being a junior or going at that 2020 year. So going into my junior year and it was just, you know, it was just kind of weird, you know, came into my high school, went through it. You know, he's doing all the things that I, I aspire to do. So um, just being able to pick his brain and learn and, and just, you know, be around him was just pretty cool. Yeah, and, and so from high school, you go on to Vanderbilt, and you were part of uh, a pretty epic recruiting class there. I, I was look, looking up to see some of the guys who were in it. And, you know, it's Vanderbilt, so it's always going to be an epic class. But, you know, like guys like Ethan Hankins didn't make it to camp uh, campus because they got paid and, and Ryan Weathers and stuff. But you made it. Kumar Rocker made it. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, I remember him. And uh, what's it, John Malcolm from here in Detroit? Yeah. He, too, yeah. yeah. he was my roommate my freshman year. Yeah, there you go. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, that was a very stacked recruiting class. I mean, uh, 
just the name. I mean, just, I mean, you're missing a ton of names. Obviously, you can only name a few. But I mean, like that list goes on and on and on about you know how deep we really were as a class. And what's crazy is like, you know, my freshman year, I was a bench warmer. You know, I just really had to learn. And, and Malcolm, you know, probably the best first baseman in our class uh, of 2018. You know, another guy that just kind of had to sit and learn. And I think that goes to show like how really, really good that team was. So I think learning that year was just pretty awesome, seeing how guys went about their business and such. I actually got to face John Malcolm my senior year. Man, he could mash. <laughs> I mean, like majestic homers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like legit. I miss John. I, I You know, it's funny. I got to reach out to him. Last I saw, he was, he was at Michigan State, I think. Yeah, I, I think so. He, Tampa, went to University of Tampa, and then Michigan State. Yeah, yeah. You've got to kill it this year. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, you, now you're – State mates eventually, you know, if you're, you're getting up here uh, this year, then then uh, you guys can reach out and hang out there. Oh, yeah. Um, well, yeah, and then you're at Vandy. You're a freshman. You said you're a bench warmer, but you guys just go ahead and go and win the, the College World Series. What was that experience like? Oh, man, I mean, that was pretty cool. Like, just being able to, again, like, that was kind of a year where, like, you know, obviously everyone wants to play. But, you know, being able to, like, just be mature about it, know that, like, hey, it's your freshman year. Just sit down and learn from everyone who's in front of you. I mean, the Austin Martins of the world, the JJ Bladets of the world, like those are the guys that you want to become, right? So like just being able to sit down and watch. And um, it was just so cool. Unfortunately, uh, I wasn't chosen to, act, to go to Omaha. So I kind of missed out on that experience. But I ended up uh, going into summer ball, having a really good summer in Newport in the NECBL. And, um, you know, just, just really, you know, trying to, get my career back to where I really wanted it to be. Awesome. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about playing in the cold weather state of high school ball in New Jersey. You know, we know how tough it is here in Michigan, but let's hear a little bit of your experience in New Jersey. I mean, it's really just bundle up and go get him. Like, you know, it's really that simple. Um, you know, I really try not to think about it being too cold. Um, it's very easy to kind of give in to those elements and just kind of, you know, yo, it's really cold outside. Like, yeah, it's cold for everyone. So um, <laughs> I feel like throughout my, through my experiences, I feel like I'm going to be able to just handle my own in a cold weather state, especially in the beginning part of the season. Um, but it it's cold, man. It's freezing cold and you just bear with it. You got your hand warmers on you. You're blowing into your hands like that, you know, 24-7, and you just battle. That's about it. Right. It's a long offseason, you know, practicing indoors, too. And it's, it's definitely a certain advantage that those southern states have. But I'm curious to know, did you have an idea at any point throughout high school uh, that you were going to get drafted? Like, was there any talk during that time? Or was it, I'm going to just go to Vanderbilt and go from there? Um, definitely like very minimal talk. Uh, I was, a I was pretty committed to my commitment to going to Vanderbilt. So, um, obviously, you know, money can sway anyone, but if the money wasn't right, then, you know, go to college and go to a really good academic school and be able to learn from some of the best baseball players. And, and, you know, Corbs and I, like, just because I left, like a lot of people think that Corbs and I don't have a great relationship. 
we actually have a great relationship. Like I'm able to go back to Nashville and be able to train at Vanderbilt as a transfer. So, um, yeah, just being able to go learn. And, you know, I, I really am so glad that I did go to college because I really do think that guys that go to college um, have that much more of an advantage just in pro ball. And not to mention you, you learn under the great Danny Hall, who's been at Georgia tech for a long time. And talk about the experience with Danny Hall, who's, who's done a really good job in the ACC and the ACC is a tough, tough conference. Everybody always talks about the SEC, but to me, I think the ACC is just as tough. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, not to say that the ACC doesn't get the respect it deserves, but I mean, people sleep on the ACC. I get it. The SEC is a big powerhouse. I did that too. But I mean, the teams in the ACC are right there. Um, I mean, it's just, you know, they just don't get enough credit, but uh, playing under DH was one of my biggest blessings. He just really gave me the opportunity to just go out there, be me and go out there and play third base every day. And, you know, obviously I had to earn that trust from DH. It wasn't just, you know, you're just going to be a transfer and here's your spot. Um, I had to go out there and earn it. And once I earned it, it was like, okay, this is our third baseman and we're going to run you out there every single day. And that was kind of the mental that I really needed. Um, I'm not really a guy that like, well, I don't think anyone's a guy where they should live and die with every single at bat, right? You should be able to go with your 0 for 4 and know that I got an opportunity the next day because that's baseball. We're playing 162 games a year. So um, that's kind of the, the, the confidence DH put in me. And I think that that just kind of over the course of, you know, 50 something games, um, it, it just allowed for me to be me. The numbers panned out. It was great. I wasn't, I was just trying to be a winning player at that point and just win games. Um, but again, like DH, the Hall family, um, funny, one of DH's sons is actually an agent now with my agency. So like we have a re- really good relationship. We never played together. But like the whole Hall family really just like I'm so grateful for them and getting me back in the right direction. That's awesome. So that kind of plays into my next question about your confidence. And obviously it showed last year since you moved throughout the ranks with the Atlanta system. So what is it like, you know, getting moved up through the system so fast and then playing in the AFL? Like what has been your favorite experience so far? Oh, man. I would say my favorite, I guess, so far had to be triple the the few days that I got to spend in triple A, I got to spend the last like 10 or so days um, there and then going into the AFL and like, I'm a big learner. Like I like being able to like ask other guys questions and just kind of be a sponge. And on that triple A team, it was just a lot of former big leaguers, uh, Ryan Goins, Jake Marisnik, Taylor Motter, like, the list just goes on and on. And like, just me being able to ask questions and just watch and observe how they went about their day to day, their business, and, you know, just being able to pick their brains on certain things. I mean, I'm forgetting a lot Alex Dickerson, like I'm forgetting name after name, but uh, just being able to be a sponge and learn from those guys and then going over to the fall league and learning from guys in different organizations and those are now guys that are, you know, around my age, right? And those guys in AAA were, were a lot older at, on that team. It was a very older team. But now, like, being surrounded by guys my age who've, you know, achieved so much in college and pro ball and, like, picking their brain, just, like, really being a sponge and uh, just, like, allowing that to 
transfer over into my game as well. You know, from afar, the the AFL always seems uh, it, it maybe a little bit more business like, but it always strikes me as kind of like a like a summer camp feel almost. Like you're just hanging out with all these same people for like six weeks and. It's the, it's the best. Like that was like hands down, like one of the, just like the coolest experiences. Like it was, it was just so chill. Like I, like you would think from the outside, like it's like, everything's like super tense. I'm like, yeah, like everything's tense and competitive and everything, but it's also like, that's, that's a fraternity, right? That, that 2022, you know, Arizona fall league, like even if you weren't on the Scottsdale Scorpions, you were on Mesa or you were on, you know, whatever team Glendale, whatever, like that's now a small fraternity. Um, so like, it was just, it was fun. It was almost like playing in an all-star game every day, right? You're just playing against other guys who are really good and on other teams. And it was just awesome. Um, so I, I didn't take that time for granted. And uh, I really enjoyed my time out there. I wanted to just jump back a little bit because we wanted to, to touch on the draft. Um, where you end up, you going in the sixth round, but Connor was pointing out you got uh, a bonus that was significantly higher than than the slot there. Were you gonna go back to school? If uh, did you have like a number and you were gonna go back to school? Um, honestly, like I just really wanted to get my foot in the door in pro ball. I really did. Um, I felt like you know school is obviously extremely important. You could kind of tell with my career path going to Vanderbilt and I really prioritized school. So then like Georgia tech was like another big time academic school, but I also felt internally like, Hey, like it's time. Like I want to get my foot in the door for me as a kid. Like I always wanted to be uh, a junior in college and then get out. That was always kind of the plan. I never really wanted to be a senior, but like, you know, obviously being a senior is not bad. Like, that's great. Yeah. It's finished your degree and everything, but like just my own personal dream. Like I wanted to, get three years of education and then worry about the last year later on. So um, that draft process was just crazy. Um, I didn't really have like a specific number in mind. I just really wanted to just go. I knew what rounds, you know, I was going to be, I could be selected in or not, but I really wanted to just get my foot in the door and then just have my play just kind of just speak for itself and just go play and have fun. Yeah, and you did have a, a really nice pro debut. It was, you know, like 37 games or whatever. There's not as much you could do right after you're drafted. But then, as Connor said, last year, you really just kind of took off, you know, climbed three levels. Was there anything in particular? Did you make any changes, or was it just getting used to pro ball? Yeah, I, I think it was really just getting used to pro baseball. Um, I'm a guy that, like, I genuinely enjoy playing baseball every single day. So I think that slightly plays to my advantage. Um Obviously, you know, there are some guys like it, it's fun for them, but it's it's also a job for me. Like, it doesn't feel like a job at all. Like, I really get to run out there with my friends and get to throw a ball around. Like, it's it's pretty sick. So um, I, I think just me enjoying my time and it sounds super cliche, like just having fun. But like it really it it's really all it comes down to. If I'm going to do something six days a week, like I'm going to have a ball and I, I genuinely had fun. I was where my feet were a hundred percent of the time. That's one thing that I always told myself. I didn't want to think too far forward. When am I going to get called up? Am I going to get called up? Like I'm not, I'm really not a thinker like that. I don't want to, cause that you start missing steps in between if you're starting to think out there. So like, I was very much so like my feet are in Rome, Georgia playing in high A that's where I am and I'm having fun. And then 
double A came in Mississippi, go there, have fun. And then triple A, you know, it kind of just trickled down. But, you know, really just being where my feet were, enjoying myself, enjoying my teammates, learning. It's really all I could ask for. Yeah. And that's one of the things. So being present while you're doing each level, does it when you're in that mindset, does that you set like a goal, yearly goals or kind of like well, I'm not saying level goal. Well, you know, maybe goals for each year. Do you set something up in your head going, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to have, while I'm having fun and being present, there's something I'm still trying to aim for something else. Absolutely. There's definitely goals, right? Like I think every player has a goal, uh, especially throughout the year, like make small goals so like you can knock them out and it feels good to accomplish those goals. Right. But once I make those goals, like I really don't think about them anymore at that point they're gone. And and at the end of the year, then it's like, okay, did I accomplish my goals? But until then it's like, yo, be a winning baseball player every day. Just make winning plays, more winning plays you're going to make, the more wins you're going to stack up. Um, And just, just being a guy that's playing to win, play hard, having fun. And uh, honestly, the rest really just kind of takes care of, takes care of itself. If you're just able to just kind of have that mentality, I feel like it works for me very well. Just being present, having fun and obviously you set goals right like this this year for me like I want to touch the big leagues like I want to snip it you know I would love to just be there right but at the same time if that's the bigger picture I'm just gonna miss small little steps along the way so if I'm able to just be where my feet are everything should take care of itself yeah and that that kind of gives me the question like what are you gonna bring from the Braves organization that you want to bring to the Tigers organization? Like what were some things that you took from there that you want to bring here? Oh man, just honestly, like just be the same guy. Like I don't, it's not like anything like specific that I learned or, you know, anything like that. Like just just be a, just be a baseball player. I think it's, it sounds simple, but it's also like, that is what it is. Like be a baseball player, show up to, to work every day, be a pro every day, no matter what. Um, and just kind of like going about my day to day, just like that. I think that's probably like the best advice that I got this year was like, Hey man, like good, bad, or indifferent, just be a pro. And that's like, when you think about it, it's like, absolutely. Like that's now your job, be a pro handle the ups and downs, go out there every day and do your job or try your best to just do your job. So, yeah. Well, well, yeah. I mean, and, and so the entire process of being traded has to be a little bit interesting and odd. Like, uh, you know, for the one hand, you're going from from an organization that's a legitimate title contender to a team that's rebuilding right now, but you're also uh, in a much better position to get playing time. And you're traded for like a legit good big leaguer. So obviously, the team that's trading for you, you know, likes you a lot. So, I, I don't, what what were the emotions surrounding that? Um, it was definitely bittersweet, right? Like, I'm. I'm- I'm not from Atlanta, but like, I might as well be. It's one of my favorite cities. Like I love Atlanta, Georgia tech, midtown. Like I love Atlanta. So like obviously getting traded, everyone has that first initial feeling of like, dang, like I just got traded. But then as the feelings kind of evolve, you start really looking at the situation like, Hey, like this is a better opportunity. Things are going to turn out better for me because of this. And you start thinking more positively and even, you know, kind of from the get go, like, I was pretty positive about the trade, like, especially when I saw who I was traded for, I was like, that guy's really good, you know? So um, just kind of like, 
again, taking it day by day and like processing my emotions when it happened, um, definitely a, a wild few days. But then as things started to calm down, I was like, okay, like this is a really good opportunity to go to a place that's on the up and coming, that's on its way up and like really not do anything different or do too much, but like really just try my best to, you know, impact in a small way in an organization that knows how to win. So just being the same guy every day and just trying to contribute as best I can. That's awesome. So I'm kind of curious to know, did a, a team break it to you first? Was it the Tigers or Braves or did Twitter? Because we know how it goes sometimes in this business. I I actually heard from uh, the minor league GM. I think I'm pretty sure that's his title. Minor league GM for the Braves. Uh, his name is Ben. So I just I got a call, and I didn't recognize the number, so I declined it. So I'm like, ah, oh, like, I don't have to. Like, yeah. And then I get a text message, and it's like, hey, it's Ben from the Braves. Like, please give me a call. And I was with my dad at the time, and I was like, I just got traded. And he's like. Well, <laughs> that like and then i i called put on speakerphone my mom came downstairs he broke the news down to me and then it was just kind of like as a family like all right like let's regroup and like okay like you're going to detroit like let's wrap our minds around it and like let's let's start thinking that way and think positively about it and you know ever since the first 10 minutes like we've been really pumped about what's going on like this is a great opportunity i'm super excited uh i can't wait that's awesome to hear. So I'm kind of curious to know as well, like, have you ever been to Detroit or Comerica Park? Like, do you have any experiences, whether that's college or anything? No, nothing. The only thing that I really knew about Comerica was that it was a graveyard and now it's normal. From what I'm, <laughs> like, I'm happy about that from a standpoint. So that's about it from me knowing about Comerica. And hopefully, you know, I really want to know more about it. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, the dimensions there. Yeah, not, Go ahead, Chris. No, I'm saying it's not a bad park if you pull the ball. You just don't want to. You still want to stay away from the, the gaps and from center for the most part. Although you know, if you you like doubles and triples, you can still get some of those out there. But uh, yeah, I mean, they went from four twenty to four ten. It's not. It's not crazy different, but not crazy different, but definitely more doable. Yeah, yeah. especially on the on the walls because the walls are being lowered in right center, so that's going to make a, a big big difference. So. You have a your your swing is very quiet yeah, load, which leads to just like as you swing, very explosive swing without giving too much away. How do you pro, give, how do you or what's your approach at the plate? Just break down how when you attack the ball. Um, I can talk hitting all day. Like I'm like I'm a big hitting junkie and like the swing and all that. Like I'm very passionate about it. But like when I start getting in game, like I try and think like kind of like dumb. Like, I try and dumb everything down. Like, I'm at the end of the day, like, I really just try and compete. Like, that's really like what everything kind of comes down to. It's like, it's me versus him. I think I'm a very good competitor. I'll tell anyone every day, like, my BPs aren't, you know, I'm not hitting balls 450 feet in BP. I'm not going to put on, you know, I'm not going to put on a show in BP. But I think, like, when the game comes on, I like to say that I'm a very good competitor and I like to compete because I have fun competing. Um, you know, whether you have success or fail, like that's kind of out the question, but just competing in and of itself to me is like fun. It's an adrenaline rush. And I, I love competing in the box. So 
I think that's kind of my approach, I guess. I'm not really thinking too much about where I want to hit the ball or like staying, you know, obviously you play the game the right way, right? If I feel like I'm really ahead on a pitcher, like I might aim my sights to right center field. I'm not going to be stupid. But at the same time, like I want to catch the ball out front. I want to find the barrel. I don't want to compete against the guy 60 feet away. Like that's really all it is. So if I can just be a competitor in the box, I think that gives me the best chance to have success, especially over the course of 162. So I'm kind of curious as well. Do you go through like a scouting report? Do you watch a lot of video pregame or are you just like, let me just get in the box and see what he's got? Uh, definitely. I want to know what he has. Like, I think going into the box blind is pretty stupid. You know, it's kind of say the least, like, I want to know like what he's got and then like cut it in half. I want to know the top two pitches he throws percentage wise. And then other than that, like, then it's just battling after that. So, um, that's pretty much all I really want. I want the top two pitches. I'm looking for a location. I'm not really like trying to guess a location or where he lives at most of the time. I want to hit a mistake. That's really my job, right? Like my job really isn't to hit pitchers pitches because they're his, they're pitchers pitches. So like, I want to hit mistakes. So if I'm looking in a certain spot, he throws it there. I want to hit it. So um, that's kind of my approach going into games and, and seeing, you know, who's the guy on the mound, top two pitches, velocity, that's about it. I don't even like giving pitchers credit, to be honest with you. Like, I don't really like, you know, oh, he's got really good stuff. You know, this is elite level ride. Like, I don't like hearing any of that stuff. I don't want to hear from nobody. Like, that's just me, though. <laughs> I don't like hearing it. But that's just me going into the box. Well, I, so I'm kind of curious. This is uh, like a two-parter because I'm, I'm curious who, who you've talked to from the Tigers. If you've talked to the new president, Scott Harris, if you've talked to the head of player development, Ryan Garko. Um, if you talk yeah. to any of those guys and, and what you guys talked about, oh, yeah, uh, you know, within reason, yeah. So, um, I spoke to Mr. Harris, he was he called me right after I found like I found out I got traded, welcoming me to the Tigers. And you know, it, it was an incredible conversation and just very enthusiastic, made me so enthusiastic about being here. Um, and then talking to Ryan Garko, like. It, I mean, last week we were taking ground balls like for four straight days. I went down to the facility in Lakeland, um, you know, just picking his brain on like ground balls and how he wants me to go about it and just about my business and how to go attack baseballs and such like that. So, um, I mean, I've also had conversations like I'm missing a, a whole ton of people. Right. But mm -hmm. Um, again, I'm new, so forgive me, but like, <laughs> it's just, it's just good to hear that you, yeah, you know, you've been in, they've been in contact with you and been talking to you. And the reason I asked that was one of the things that Tigers fans got really excited about when, when Scott Harris was hired as the new president was he was, he talked about getting players who, you know, attacked and controlled the strike zone. And so when the Tigers traded for you, everybody's like, Oh, look at that walk rate. Woo -wee! Because for years and years, the Tigers have had players who would like, they'd rock like a 5% walk rate. And it's like, come on. Chris, maybe wow. like three, maybe three if we're, I mean, yeah, if we're, like, yeah. It, 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 and it was just a kind of like an old school mentality. So yeah, we look at it and, and just hearing you talk about competing, it sounds like you're basically competing on every single pitch and like, you don't want, it sounds like you don't want to swing at something unless it's, it's basically something you can drive. Is that uh, sum up your approach basically? And I, I mean, 
I think that I don't even know if I want to call that an approach. I think that's just really how like baseball should come down to again. Like I know nothing from nothing. Like I just go about my day to day. Like I'm just a regular dude, but like baseball really is like competing every single pitch. Like there really shouldn't be giving pitches away. You really shouldn't be giving an inch. Right. Like, so like, therefore, like when I say like giving an inch, I'm talking like, I don't mind taking balls that are this much off the plate. Like, Cause in my opinion, I've always felt like strikes are strikes, balls are balls. I know like human error and the guy behind the plate, his zone could be different. You know, every inning it could be different. Who knows? But like when I say like controlling the zone, again, like it kind of goes back to like me saying like I'm not, you know, the sexiest BP guy, but like, you know, I this year I was fortunate enough, like I felt like I ran into, you know, I, I ran into 18 homers this year. Um not to say that like power is like my game and I'm focused on power, but like, and that's not to say that I'm going to crush balls in the future. I have no idea. But at the same time, like, I feel like the reason why I was able to do that this year was because like I put myself into plus counts to be able to do damage. So again, like I can do damage behind in counts. That's fine. But like the more leverage you're able to put yourself in, the better off you're going to be, batting average wise, slugging wise, OPS wise, like all your numbers just kind of go up, you know, however they do when you just kind of control the zone pitch by pitch. Um, Not to say I have any type of ingredient for success, but like, I just think that that's, I feel like competing every pitch is just kind of the way that it should be. Well, yeah. And that's the sort of thing that, that uh, is invariant of like, you know, the, the competition level or anything, if you're controlling the zone and, and going after the pitches that you can hit, then that should travel. And that was one of the things I went and after they traded for you, I went and, and clipped together every single pitch you saw in triple a it's up on our, uh, our YouTube feed. It's like, a, I don't know, like a 12 minute video or whatever. And like, yeah, it, it looks like you're pretty annoying to pitchers. I was like, oh man, it's <laughs> like, it's, you're tough to put away, which is great to hear for Tigers fan. That might be the coolest compliment ever. <laughs> yeah, because you know, yeah. it's to me, it just reminds me of what Tony, the late great Tony Gwynn said, and it's just a young player can have no greater luck than grow up in a place where you can practice and play every day year round, and that's what it sounds like you're doing, Justin. You sounds like you're just going out there having fun, like you mentioned earlier, and just playing a game, and that kind of that freedom allows to, I th- personally, I think, just allow you to grow not only as a hitter, but you're also playing, you're playing the outfield too, a little bit too. So does that also, that doesn't, doesn't change your mentality as a player at all. When you go out to play a different position, it's still the same, right? It's the same. It's yeah. the same. You got to be able to separate. Right. So, um, you know, most of the game, you really are a defender, but like, I'm pretty selfish with my at-bats. Like my at-bat is mine and I want to optimize my at-bat as much as I can. So, yeah, you want to do good in your at bats. Everyone wants to do good in at bats, but like definitely like being able to separate and you know whatever position you're playing, that's the position you play that day. It doesn't really matter, but like you're gonna hit four times, so four or five times. So like let's optimize those at bats. I'm I'm pretty curious to hear like where do you where do you get some of these notes on hitting? Like, is it someone that you worked with in high school, college? Like, who really? gave you these insights about controlling the strike zone or has that just always been you? In all honesty, like I, I feel like I've just controlled the zone, like just kind of like, it was just kind of in my nature just playing. Like I just kind of went out there 
and I swung at things that I felt I could hit and I didn't swing at things I didn't feel like I could hit. Um, and being completely honest with you, like even in high school and then in college, like I didn't understand, like I always knew that I got on base a lot, but I never knew that on base percentage was even a good thing. I didn't know that was even really a stat that anyone looked at. All I knew is that like when he threw four balls, I walked and that happened really often. So then like once, you know, it was brought to my attention, like, yo, dude, like you really walk a lot. Like, what are you doing up there? And then like, I kind of had to break it down myself. Cause like when I'm first, when I was first asked that, I was like, I don't really know, bro. Like I really just don't swing at balls. Like that's, I can't hit them. So I shouldn't swing at them. So, um, I feel like that was just kind of like a really natural thing that I always had ever since I was really like a little kid. Do you feel like the pitching at each level changes? Like, you know, sometimes you get up there in a two Oh count and they'll just throw you a, get me over a slider. Like, do you see that at, at different at any level or is that just kind of been the common theme throughout the three levels that you've played in so far? Um, definitely the common theme, like everyone, I feel like in high A, like those pitches were thrown, but like in terms of like the percentage of execution, like it wasn't executed as much as like the levels go up, right? So like, I feel like that's really the difference. I feel like in terms of stuff, like you can have a guy in low A have the same stuff as a guy in the big leagues, but in terms of execution, like that's probably like the small little difference, right? So as I started to move up like double A, I started realizing there was one week I was facing the Tennessee Smokies. And like, I genuinely was like, I dissected my, all my bats in my head. And I'm like, yeah, I haven't had a pitch to hit like in the heart of the plate in literally five straight games. And that just kind of goes to like, okay, like as you move up, like these guys are genuinely executing, like there are no balls in the heart of the plate. You kind of have to be able to hit pitchers pitches or at minimum foul them off. Right. So you can try you know, see a new day, right? See the next pitch. But um, as I got, as I like moved up, that's all I kind of saw. Like it was just guys that were able to execute more. There weren't as many balls out of hand. Like a lot of things were tunneled much better. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of just learned that, like being able to just, I guess, go through the system last year. So I had one last question for you, for at least from, from me, and it's something you briefly touched on there when you were down in Lakeland. You said you were taking grounders, um, and, and you were a third baseman by trade, but basically from double-A on, you were only in the outfield. And, and I'm, I'm curious what your preferred position is, uh, what the Tigers have communicated to you, what they'd like you to play, and, and what you need to do to, to make that happen. Um, I love third but, like, at the end of the day, like, I just want to be in a lineup to help a team win. Like, I really don't care. Like, it's kind of nice knowing on my own mental now that, like, I'm able to go out into an outfield position and, and contribute in, in a decent way. Obviously, like, growing pains. Like, I, everyone went through that. Everyone's going to go through that, changing positions. But, like, I feel confident now that I could be a serviceable left fielder or a right fielder, you know, get more reps, things like that to be able to just be a serviceable baseball player. Um, obviously, you know, preferred position, like, sure. Like, I played third all my life, so sure. But at the end of the day, like, if anyone needs me in left field, like, let's go. Like, I just want to I want to go out there, make plays, and, you know, get, give five, four to five professional at-bats every night. So that's about it. 
Interesting. So, so I wanted to know what are some of the goals that you've been working on this off season? Like, are you taking more fly balls this off season? Is it more ground balls? Like, what are some of the small things that you're trying to work on on your game so far? So definitely the small things that I'm really working on is third base, uh, uh, obviously. Um, I didn't take ground balls for about seven months because I was in the outfield. So just kind of getting back in the, the swing of things at third base and uh, just getting in my ground balls, getting in my throws. And then, you know, in terms of outfield, um, obviously it's extremely cold out in New Jersey, right? No one wants to take fly balls in 20 degrees. But like just doing small things in the weight room, right? Like agility, working on your fast twitch, um, just getting more explosive. And, you know, if you're able to, if I'm able to execute that and do that and have a successful off season, um, if I was to be put out in left field, I don't think that I would feel, you know, uncomfortable to be out there. But definitely third base has been like, I felt like I had to gain some ground just by especially missing seven months worth of ground balls. You're going to say, oh, Chris, I was like, I was going to throw it. Oh, no, I thought you were going to throw it. No, I thought you were going to say something. I'm sorry. Sorry. I've got that sort of face that makes it look like I'm always about to say yeah. something. Yeah. <clears throat> no, but uh, Justin, thank you again for taking the time to talk to us this evening. And I'm sure that you can't wait for February to kick around when down the spring training and get out of the cold. It's 31 degrees here in Detroit. And it's snowing yeah, all day. Six, today. seven inches of snow today. Yeah. Like well, I mean, yeah, it, it depends on what part of, well, I was thinking about like Western New York, New Jersey, it always gets bombarded. Super, so this super is, storm Sandy. I don't know if, yeah. I don't know how bad your winter has been, but uh, I'm, I'm again, we're looking forward to seeing you on the field and, and good luck this season. And hopefully we get to talk again soon. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Yeah, thanks Absolutely. So appreciate it. All right. Recording's over. All right.